Amen. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight, and we'll turn to the book of 2 Timothy, if you will. 2 Timothy, it's good to be in church tonight, and I'm always excited uh, for the opportunity uh, to be able to preach, uh, and, and I'm sad that Pastor is absent, but I'm excited for the opportunity to preach, amen, and uh, look forward to what the Lord has for us this evening. Uh, tonight, we'll begin in the book of uh, 2 Timothy, and chapter number one, there's a ver- one verse of scripture I want to read here. And then once we read that verse of scripture, we'll turn to the book of 2 Chronicles. If you want to find your place there, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, uh, where we'll spend the remainder of our time as we look at uh, the the Bible study this evening. Uh, It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I love this weather. Amen. Uh, Let's see. I don't see Mrs. Voris in here tonight. She may be in the nursery or she may be sick. I'm not sure. There's a lot of sickness going around. Uh, Ms. Voris said that I uh, told my, my son, Neil, I think it was, that I live on coffee and Listerine strips. So I don't feel bad about pulling one out and putting it in my mouth after I got done singing. So now my mouth can be uh, a little bit, have a little bit more water, amen. And um, I can, I can uh, not be so dry mouth, amen. So I figured I'd do that. Uh, but she's not here to appreciate that. But maybe she's watching live stream. I'm sure Brother Boris will tell her, though. Uh, But uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, one verse of scripture, verse of scripture that I think is important for us as Christians. And uh, in our house, uh, we taught our children this verse of scripture at a young age. I'm sure you did as well. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, there's a, there's a great, uh, children's church song that goes along with that. I thought about having Brother Diamante get up and sing it and do the motions for us, but, uh, we won't do that right now. Uh, but, uh, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, each and every one of us as Christians, we face times of fear in our life, uh, This verse of scripture here tells us plainly that that spirit of fear is not from God. If something, and I'm very very literal when I read the word of God, I think we should be. If God has not given us the spirit of fear, then there's only one option of where it comes from. It doesn't come from God, so it has to come from Satan. That spirit of fear. Now, of course, the fear in which the word of God is speaking about here, and the fear that we're speaking about tonight, is not the fear of God where there's a reverence of God, of God being the holy and righteous God, and we stand in awe of his holiness. That's not the fear which the Bible is speaking of here. The fear that the Bible is speaking of in this verse of Scripture, and for our Bible study tonight, uh, Webster's Dictionary, uh, Webster's 1828 Dictionary, describes it as this, a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. Fear is an uneasiness of mind upon the thought of future evil likely to befall us. That's what fear the Bible is speaking of here. Fear is something that captivates many Christians. There are many Christians that would serve God and do more for God, yet for the fear of failure or the fear of being made fun of. Uh, I thank God for every time I was made fun of as a kid. Now, I didn't enjoy it as a kid. And some of you are saying, 
It didn't stop when you got it to be an adult. But, uh, but I thank God for every time I was made fun of as a kid because I found out something. That when somebody makes fun of me, I'm still alive. And they didn't really change anything. I'm still breathing in. I'm still breathing out. And you can think what you want to think of me, but I'm going to keep going forward and do what I believe is right. Uh, I think it's important. We live in a day-to-day, and, and I'm not going to get off on a rabbit trail here. I very well could, but uh, of everybody wanting to shelter everybody from being bullied and being made fun of. Well, we're making a generation that do not ha- know how to stand on their own two feet and understand that just because someone says something about me doesn't mean it has to change how I act or what I do. As long as I'm doing what's right, that's all that matters. And we, we should raise our kids to have that mentality, I believe. My, my dad was a proponent of uh, not stopping the fight. If two, two young men got in a fight, uh, it's good for you to know that a bloody nose won't kill you. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I like that. It's true. Uh, just because someone makes fun of me does not mean that I, I can't do what's right. But many times we as Christians, we let fear of what someone may think about us stop us from what we know to be right to do. Uh, Fear uh, takes many different forms. But that fear uh, is not of God. It captivates us and it causes us uh, to be paralyzed in the work of God many times. And uh, Satan accomplishes his purpose in our life when we allow fear to stop us from doing that which is right. He accomplishes his purpose in our life. Because Satan is the one that gives us that spirit of fear. Uh, I I could spend a little bit more time in introduction. I'll get into the Bible study. I have eight points tonight that I want to give us. Uh, I've been inspired by pastors Wednesday night Bible studies. So that's supposed to be a joke. Thank you for knowing that. My wife knew that that was supposed to be a joke. So she chuckled for me. I appreciate that. Uh, But uh, I have eight points I want to get to tonight. But uh, in 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, we find King Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat is a, uh, an interesting king. Uh, I enjoy reading and studying the different kings of Israel and Judah. There are much that we can learn uh, as Christians for our Christian lives by looking at their lives. And I believe that's why God put them in the word of God. Uh, Jehoshaphat, the Bible speaks very highly, God speaks highly of Jehoshaphat, but Jehoshaphat had his downfalls and he had his failures. But what we read about Jehoshaphat tonight, and by the way, all of us have our downfalls and failures, aren't we glad that God hasn't recorded them for everybody to read about them? Uh, But Jehoshaphat here in chapter number 20, we find in verse number 19, uh, or chapter number 19, that uh, Ahab, Ahab had just died. Uh, Jehoshaphat had been reproved by a man of God and had gotten his heart right. Now we come to chapter number 20. The Bible says, And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. Isn't there all, it's, it's interesting, there's always somebody to tell you how bad it's going to be. There's a crowd that came to Jehoshaphat and came and told him how bad it was going to be. Uh, listen, uh, we as Christians, and this is just a little uh, uh, nugget for free, amen. When somebody wants to come tell you how bad it's going to be, understand they're not a messenger from God. 
Because God is more powerful than anything Satan has to throw our way. Uh, I can't stand a Debbie Downer. Everything's going good. Everything, I just got right with God, and somebody wants to tell me how bad it's going to be. Uh, that's what's going on here for Jehoshaphat. And the verse goes on. It says, Behold, uh, they be and, and Hazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Here in verse number, the beginning of verse number 3, the Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared. He heard that the enemy was coming his way, that they were setting the battle in array, and Jehoshaphat feared. Now, we understand that God has not given us the spirit of fear. As a Christian that's been saved a long time, you know that fear is not of God because you know the Bible. And I know the Bible. But let me just be honest, and I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus a little bit. I still have fears from time to time. And every single person in this room has fears from time to time in your life. There are, of course, times that we're stronger than others spiritually. And when things come our way, we're able to handle those things without allowing fear to captivate us. But to be sure, there's all, all of us have times when fear accomplishes its purpose that Satan sets out in our life and it paralyzes us from going forward for the Lord. We look at Jehoshaphat in this chapter, in chapter number 20, in this account in Scripture, and we find some interesting truths, some things that I believe will help us when fear comes our way. Tonight, if you wanted to put a title on the Bible study, I would say this, what to do when fear comes, or what to do when you're afraid. Tonight, let's look at the Word of God and ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us as we learn these truths from the life of Jehoshaphat. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless tonight your Word. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would speak to me and through me as I preach your word tonight. Lord, I pray that if there's one here tonight that's facing a battle that I know not of, Lord, I know that you know of it. Lord, I pray that you give them courage and strength to stand and to go forward. Lord, I pray that those of us that are maybe uh, on a mountaintop tonight and there's nothing that we know of that's going wrong, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take these truths and store them away for the time when fear comes our way, that we may be able to bring honor and glory to you when that fear uh, makes its way into our heart and mind. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Verse number three, we find the first truth that we, what, what we need to do when fear comes our way or what to do when we're afraid. N number one, I, I'll, I say that we need to be, uh, uh, follow Jehoshaphat's lead from verse number three. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. When fear comes our way, the very first thing we need to do is seek the Lord. You may be sitting there and say, well, duh, Brother Montgomery. We all know that. We know that, but when fear comes our way and we allow fear to captivate us, many times we, we do not run to the Lord as we should. The Bible here says that Jehoshaphat did something. He didn't just seek the Lord, but the Bible says he set himself to seek the Lord. In other words, I believe Jehoshaphat did some soul searching. He began to look inwardly to make sure that there was nothing between his soul and the Savior. Yet we as Christians should live our lives that way. I, every day we should, I, my, I had a principal in, in a Christian school who told us many times in chapel, he said, you need to keep a short 
account with God. Uh, Every day, many times throughout the day, we ought to stop and pray and make sure there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. I've heard preaching on prayer many times and an admonition that's always given or very often that's given when speaking on prayer is this. You want to make sure that you're on praying ground at all times. Because you never know when a hardship or a hard trial or, or a sickness is going to come your way. And God forbid that one of your family members would be sick and you not be on praying ground when you need to get a hold of God. You see, as Christians, when, we don't know when fear is going to come our way. If we had a, a book that recorded all the circumstances of our life and we could read our own lives, then certainly we could flip around to the next chapter and say, oh, well, there's fear coming here, so let me prepare so that I'll be ready when that fear comes. But we don't have that ability. God knows when those things are going to come our way, but we don't know when they're going to come our way because God is infinite and we are finite. So we as Christians, when that fear makes its way into our lives, we need to set ourselves to seek the Lord. We need to make sure that there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. Remember what fear is. It's that which captivates our mind, our emotions, that apprehension of impending danger. We need to spend time with the Lord and get as close as we can to Him and realize and make sure there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. Number two, verse number five. We'll, we'll, begin, we'll, we'll read verse number 3. We'll read down to verse number 5. The Bible says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah. And they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. The second thing that I say we need to do, and I find in the life of Jehoshaphat, that we need to do when fear comes our way is to make sure that we stay close to the house of God. So many times when trials come into our life and fear enters into the Christian life, the first thing we do is to pull away from the house of God. We miss a Wednesday night Bible study when we could have or should have been there. We miss a Sunday Sunday evening service. We miss a Sunday school service. Let me just say, Sunday school is important. I heard some adults say one time, and I think they're foolish, that Sunday school's for kids. No, Sunday school's for learning the Bible. We all need Sunday school. Uh, if you don't think Sunday school's important for you, uh, then you're probably not as close to God as you think you are. Well, don't judge me, Brother Montgomery. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you, based on the Word of God, if you don't have a love for the Word of God, there's something wrong. Anytime the Word of God is being taught or preached, we ought to want to be there. We need to stay close to the house of God. It's never, ever, ever a time to be unfaithful to the house of God. We would be stronger Christians. We would live lives that are not as fearful if we would stay close to the house of God. Jehoshaphat found himself in a place where he was fearful. The first thing he did was set his heart to seek the Lord. The very next thing he did is he made sure he got to the house of God. Hey, when fear comes your way, get down to the house of God. Spend time with God, for sure. 
But don't allow yourself and allow Satan to accomplish his purpose in getting you to lay out of the house of God. He, was, he stayed close to the house of God. We back up to verse number 3, but we read from verse 3 down to verse number 6. As Judah gathered themselves together in verse number 4 to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over the kingdoms of the heathen? And in the land, and excuse me, and in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Here we see that Jehoshaphat in verse number three had proclaimed a fast and he began to pray. When fear comes, we need to set our hearts to seek the Lord. We need to set ourselves to seek the Lord. We need to stay close to the house of God. But it's time to fast and pray. Now, fasting is not something that is very popular in America. But we need to learn what it is, and especially in those times of fear, when fear is coming our way, we need to learn what it is to fast and to pray. I find many times in, in examples in Scripture, as men would pray on the pages of Scripture, many times they reminded, reminded God of what God had already said. Not that God had forgotten. What are they doing? They're encouraging themselves in the Lord by praying back to God what he had already spoken. I find many times when I pray, I end up praying the word of God back to God. Well, why do you do that? You think God has forgotten? Absolutely he hasn't forgotten. But I've forgotten. Because I'm fearful. And I'm apprehensive. And, and I'm allowing fear to creep into my heart and my life. And I need that encouragement that comes from God. And it's not enough sometimes just to sit down, the, though the word of God is important. And I'm not discounting the word of God at all. But it, 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 there's something about getting down on your knees, even if you take your Bible and read it back to God. But getting down on your knees and praying and pouring your heart out to the Lord and with the words of God as is. Jehoshaphat said, there's not anyone that's more powerful than you, God. I know that you have the power to handle this situation. We need to learn what it is to bring our fear to the Lord. Uh, I think as, as men, we don't allow, we don't, we don't like to admit that we're weak. I think we can pretty much all agree with that statement. Men do not allow, do not like to admit when they're weak. Now, once we've admitted that we're weak, we're a bunch of babies. You know, when you get sick and you finally admit I'm sick, you're like, oh, I need this, I need that. Maybe that's just me, maybe not you. But what am I saying, though? We don't like to admit our weakness. But you know the greatest way to overcome fear is to go to God. Say, Lord, I can't handle this. I'm weak. Fear is creeping in, and I know I should not be afraid. So, Lord, I need you because I'm not going to make it through this without you. We need to learn what it is to pray and to fast when fear comes our way. I may be very quick tonight. I'm already at number four. Number four, when fear comes, stand upon God's word. 
Stand upon God's word. Verse number 7. Jehoshaphat is praying. He said, Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave, gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend, forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name's sake, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they, re they reward us to come and cast out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Here we find Jehoshaphat reminding God of his word once again and standing upon the word of God. As you read those verses of scripture from verse 7 down to verse number 9, he is praying back to God and he is, he is quoting scripture found in chapter number 6 of 2 Chronicles. When Solomon stood at the dedication of the temple, once the temple had been built, Solomon stood there at the dedication and he said, listen, uh, Lord, we're going to make a promise to you. And Lord, uh, uh, we want you to make a promise to us. In, in chapter number 7, in fact, if you read in chapter number 6, we'll not take time to read the entire prayer of Solomon. But we see God's response to Solomon in chapter number 7 and verse number 12. The Bible says, For the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen uh, and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes, my, uh, excuse me, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Jehoshaphat prayed back to God. He said, God, you promised us that if we would humble ourselves and we would pray, and we would seek your face. And we would turn from our wicked ways that you would hear from heaven. And you would forgive our sins. And you would heal our land. Lord, you said you would do it. And I'm standing upon your word. There are not very many places in life that you can stand on and be assured that you'll never fail. But there is one place. And you can stand upon the word of God. And if God says something, he means it. Uh, listen, I like people to say what they mean and mean what they say. I, I like that. There, there is security in that. And God says what he mean, means and means what he says. And we can stand upon the word of God. And Jehoshaphat did just that. He stood upon God's word. When fear came his way, he set himself to seek the Lord. He's 
got close to the house of God. He didn't run from the house of God. He ran to the house of God. He began to pray and fast. He stood upon God's word. Number five, when fear comes our way, I've mentioned this, but I want to maybe emphasize it a little more. When fear comes our way, we need to admit our weakness. We need to admit our weakness. Read verse number 12 with me, if you will. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Josh Pat said, Lord, we don't have the power to defeat this enemy. Jehoshaphat was not speaking about them having the ability to defeat the enemy with God's power. He was speaking about the power that they had in and of themselves. You know what? We as Christians, we need to take a good look inward and realize we do not have the ability to overcome Satan. And if we did not have the Lord on our side, if it had not been the Lord that was on our side, now may Israel say, if the Lord wasn't on our side, we would, we would be defeated. There would be a reason to be fearful if it weren't for the Lord. So we, as Christians, when, we, when uh, fear starts coming our way, we need to go to God and admit that we cannot overcome on our own. How many times have we been fearful in our Christian life and we've tried to push through? I don't know about you, maybe it's just me. But I've tried to push through in my own strength and in my own power. And I failed every time because I wasn't strong enough. I've tried to figure things out on my own. Fear comes my way, something I was not expecting. And now this is on the horizon, and if what I think is going to happen happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I've start, tried to sit back and analyze, well, what am I going to do if this happens? I know you've probably never wasted any time doing that. It's probably just me. But we try to analyze the situation. If this happens, what am I going to do? Jehoshaphat said this in verse number 12. Neither know we what to do. Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be honest with you. We're weak. We can't overcome this enemy, and I don't know what to do. You know, being honest with God is a good place to be. We need to realize that we do not have the strength to overcome our fears. We do not have the wisdom to overcome our fears in and of ourselves. So we must go to God and admit that truth to God. Until we're honest with God, we can't get help. Uh, number, number six. In the end of verse number 12, Jehoshaphat made the statement, but our eyes are upon thee. When fear comes, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Admit that you're weak and you can't do it on your own, but keep your eyes on the one who has all the strength. Keep your eyes on the one who has all wisdom. 
Don't focus on the source of fear. Why is it that we, we allow fear to captivate us? Because we focus on the source of fear. We focus on the report that the enemy's on its way. I had it on, on good authority. They came and told me. They're setting up a, a camp against me, and, and the armies are coming against me. They're going to come to defeat us. I know they're on the way. They've never lied to me before. They're on the way. If we focus on that report of that impending evil that's on its way around the corner, fear will captivate us. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can overcome any fear. Don't focus on the source of fear, but focus on the source of strength. Focus on the source of strength. The Bible says in Psalms chapter number 56, take your Bibles to Psalm 56 real quick. Not very far over. Psalm chapter 56. The Bible says this in verse number 3. We'll back up. We'll read verse number 1 down to verse number 3. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they, uh, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid. The psalmist here declares the truth that there are times that all of us will be afraid. It wasn't if I ever get afraid. He said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What is the psalmist saying? When, I, when fear comes into my life, I'm keeping my eyes on you, Lord. My kids growing up, uh, from time to time, as all kids do, would get scared at night. I used to get scared at night when I was a young child. And uh, I would go into my parents' room and let them know that I was scared. And there was just something about being close to your parents that cast out that fear. When my kids were young, Grace was our first, obviously. She would come to our room, and she would be sniffling and crying. What's wrong, sweetheart? I had a bad dream. I would take her, or her mom would take her, one or the other. We'd go back into her room. We'd put her in her bed and cover her up with a blanket. And we'd kneel by her bed and pray with her. And we'd make her say these words. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. It got to where she had memorized the verse and we would be able to say, Grace, what do we do when we get scared? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I can still hear her say it. Now, she doesn't talk that way anymore. It was cute back then. It wouldn't be very cute now. But what had happened, she had learned the truth. That what time she was afraid, she would trust in the Lord. It got to where she would come into the room, and she'd say, I'm scared. And it wasn't because I was super spiritual. 
It was because I was super fleshly and didn't want to get out of the bed, to be honest with you. And I would, I would say, Grace, what do you do when you're scared? What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. All right, now go back to bed. And I'd send her back to bed. And you know what? She would go back in her room, sniffling and crying. She'd get back in her bed, and she'd go back to sleep. Why is it that we as Christians, who are full-grown adults, have sleepless nights because of fear? Now, certainly there's sleepless nights because of indigestion and things of that nature, I'm sure. But fear shouldn't be a cause for a sleepless night. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. We as Christians need to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 18 tells us that perfect love casteth out fear. When you get fearful, why don't you keep your eyes on Jesus and realize how much he loves you. And the love of God is so great, there's nothing that he would not do for his own child. Because he loves us more than we can ever fathom. Jehoshaphat decided, I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. Number seven, verse number 17, we find the next thing that Jehoshaphat did. The Bible says, uh, in verse number 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Here, God is replying to Jehoshaphat's prayer. And he tells him some interesting things. He tells him to stand ye still. He says, tomorrow, go out. When fear comes your way, we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Well, I want the fear to be gone now. I want the situation to be solved now. I am, I like things to be fixed. I like things to be in place. And if something's wrong, I want to fix it now. Whether it be in, uh, in any situation, to be honest with you. But sometimes, now's not the time for the answer to come. We as Christians need to learn to wait on the Lord. God told them to stand ye still. Uh, that's an interesting Bible study. You go through the word of God and find every time that God told someone to stand still. It's a good Bible study. I think of the priests who are told to stand still in Jordan. It took faith for them. That Jordan was overflowing its banks at that time. It was not just a small uh, river at this time. It was overflowing its banks. And God needed some men that would step out by faith and get their feet wet. 
the people of God crossed on dry ground. But there had to be some men of God that were willing to step out, step out by faith and get their feet wet in order for God to move. And they didn't just step in and it part immediately. The Bible told them to step into the Jordan and to stand still. And once they obeyed and waited on the Lord, that's when God made a way. God doesn't always work on our timetable. We have got to learn to wait on the Lord. One thing that I think that I've learned, and God no doubt will have to teach me over and over again until I see him face to face, is that his timing is perfect. Because many times, God's timing is not our timing. Because God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Because his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We have got to learn to trust the Lord's timing and wait on the Lord. Number eight. This is the last one. And I'll be done. It's very interesting. As you read this passage of scripture. God gives Jehoshaphat the answer in verse number 17. Tells him to stand still. Tells him tomorrow to go out. And God was going to give the victory. Verse number 18, we read these words. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, and of the children of the Korites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with loud voice on high. And they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established, and believe his prophets. So shall ye prosper. And when they had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness, of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, hold on just a second. Jehoshaphat got the cart before the horse, didn't he? No, Jehoshaphat learned something. When he's fearful, he needs to praise God in advance. God had not yet given Jehoshaphat the victory when he began to praise God. He began to sing the praise of God, and the people of God began to sing the praise of God, and he appointed singers, the Bible said. They, they went forth singing, victory in Jesus. And the victory hadn't come yet. He praised God in advance. You know what? We as Christians would be less fearful if we would praise God for the power that he has, knowing that he is able to give the, the, the victory, knowing that he has told us in his word that Satan doesn't have the power to overcome us if we'll go in the power of the Lord. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We can praise God and give him praise before the victory's ever won, knowing that he is God, knowing that he is the one that giveth the victory, knowing that he wants to give us the victory because he loves us, 
and we can praise him in advance. I think it's important when fear comes our way to follow Jehoshaphat's lead. He praised God in advance. He did not know all the details of how God was going to give the victory. He just knew that God had promised to give the victory. Let me tell you something tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what may be causing fear in your life. I don't know what may cause fear in your life in the future. But let me give you a promise of God tonight that you can stand upon and you can praise God for no matter what fear comes your way. There will be a day when that trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And even we which are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. There is a place called heaven where all things, did you hear me? All things will be made right. Every family disagreement will be made right. Every wrongdoing that has been, you've been done wrong in your life, it will be made right. Because when we stand before him, we'll be in perfect peace. There's a promise of God right there that he will give you the victory no matter what fear is coming your way. So why should we not praise God in advance for his promise of victory? In conclusion, I want to read a verse of scripture to you from Psalm 118, verse number 6. The Bible says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I have to be honest with you. Many times in my Bible reading, I've misread that verse of Scripture. I've read that verse of Scripture like this. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what, 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 what man can do to me. I will not fear what man can do to me. And that's how I've read it. Like it's a statement. I'm not going to fear what man can do to me. But that's not how it's written in Scripture. The statements are, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Colon. What can man do to me? I like it better that way. For several reasons, but number one is God wrote it that way. But it gives a whole different connotation to the scripture. We can have assurance that we will have the victory. Man can't do anything to me. My eternity is secure in Jesus Christ. Hey, if nothing else, if God didn't fight another battle for us here on this earth, he's already won the victory for us in eternity when he bought us with his blood. What should we fear? Man can't do anything to us. They can't take our salvation away from us. We're secure in Christ Jesus. And we can have assurance and walk free from fear if we'll follow Jehoshaphat's example. Heavenly Father, I pray that you're blessed tonight.